out there. I want to welcome everybody to the uh, introductory episode of Long Spurs Beyond the Holler. This is uh, Sean Butler, and uh, you have co-host David Hamilton David Hamilton, yes, sir. We're here today uh, over here at your place, neck of the woods of uh, Buchanan, West Virginia. Yeah, we like to call this Long Spur headquarters. It's not a lot, but... uh, Everybody, everybody likes to say, oh, I'm going over to the headquarters. <laughs> uh, what we got lined up today, we're going to do an introduction of what Long Spur is. Oh. Um, we're going to take a, you know, a break, and then we're going to talk with uh, James Mills. Yep, we have uh, Mr. Mills that's going to be calling in from yes. Uh, Kentucky. Yes, he's in Somerset, Kentucky. He's, I, I call him the father of uh, Yog Terriers <laughs> in the United States. Uh, he should be an interesting interview. Yeah, he'll be awesome. This first segment here, we're going to get uh, going on. Uh, we'll we'll uh, just uh, talk back and forth to each other here about uh, Yeah, we're going to ask you some basic sure. questions about Longspur. And, and then I think after a commercial break, we're going to have uh, Chrissy come in and, yeah. and talk. So, well, first question we got is just, you know, how did you get started? And, um, like, when did you get started, Sean? <laughs> well... The Wayback Machine. Uh, being a West Virginian and a West Virginia kid, as I was growing up, I was, okay, go to the woods, get out of our hair. So that's that's how I ended up in the woods. And every time I was there, I had a dog with me. Yep. Okay, whether it was a hound or a terrier or, or a beagle or... Just uh, your everyday kid. <laughs> or a cur. We, you know, there was always dogs around. Uh, as I got a little older... We moved to, uh, my dad went to Baptist Seminary in Minneapolis. Okay. So I spent four years of my young life in between age five and nine in Minnesota, and that's a bird hunting culture up there, especially at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we fell in love with that. My dad ended up uh, buying a Springer Spaniel pup. Okay. Brought him back to West Virginia, and we had him for about 14 years. Wow. And... What did that, he did he track or did he what did he hunt? I mean, what was what he was, was a bird dog and okay. and you know I didn't know much as a eight nine ten year old at that point, right? But it really got me interested in bird dogs. Okay, okay. And after Josh passed and went a few years and and got out of high school, and hunted with hounds and everything through that time period, and got out on my own and I bought another Springer. Oh. Um, How old were you at that time? I was uh, 19 years old, okay. just uh, going on 20. That was, that was a big deal, too, at 19, you know, buying yeah. your own pup. I mean, that's uh, a big you deal. May, uh, my granddad told me I needed that pup as much as I needed a hole in the head because I really <laughs> didn't have any place I was living. I went to college okay. at Glenville State College down in Glenville, West Virginia. And here I had this dog that went with me everywhere. He First time I took him to college my one of my forestry professors doc grafton looks out the window while he's teaching and he just stops oh my goodness and he said who has the dog out there sitting in the front seat of their vehicle <laughs> and i said me and he said you go get that dog and you bring it in here does it listen i said yes sir he listens well yeah he said you bring it in here oh wow in the classroom in the classroom oh man okay so I brought him in. He sat by my feet. After the class, Doc Grafton called me up and said, I want to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're more than welcome to bring that dog with you anytime as long as he listens. Oh, my word. You do not leave him in a vehicle. 
That that's that says something for a teacher. And yes. I mean, what year was that? Was if you were nineteen years old, twenty years old? <laughs> I mean, that was that was like ninety three. Obviously, nowadays, I don't think yeah. I don't think your uh, college teacher would really want no, appreciate pro- a dog in the classroom. No. Right now. It, <laughs> They're probably allowed in safe spots on campus, but not. <laughs> I mean, it is it is West Virginia. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh uh, Springer, he ended up pretty much. Uh, he probably could have had a forestry degree because he attended most of the classes with me. Okay. Doc Grafton loved him, took him in his office with him anytime he could. He sat with Doc a lot, and the uh, first litter of pups that Josh uh, fathered, I made sure. Uh, I got Doc Grafton a pup and gave it to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then he came back to me and said, I want a second one. That one cries too much. So, <laughs> so that, then that inspired you to obviously get the dog breeding and kind of Yeah, like, we. I was into the bird dogs. Uh, bird dog training uh, from an, an early expensive age. expensive hobby, too. I mean, it's a popular hobby. Yes, but at that time, we had grouse. Okay. Okay, yeah. the, the mountains of West Virginia around here, we had grouse. They're scarce uh, now. Yes, I mean. very. I only seen three this whole season in the woods, tracking yeah. and, and hunting. But uh, I shifted from springers into setters, okay. English setters, pointers. English. Okay. Um, and with the grouse population, I could train setters on wild grouse. And I had some of the last setters around here that were trained on wild grouse. Um my friends were the same way. There was a real big setter culture here in the Upshur County area. Huh. So, okay. um, and I got my bases in tracking. One of the things I noticed with the setters and with the springers is they had a big interest in blood trailing. Oh. Um, at that point in time, I didn't know much about interdigital. And really, back then, there wasn't a, such a thing of no, tracking. It was illegal. Dogs. It was illegal. Mean, yeah. It was as illegal as having a still. In your basement. In your basement. <laughs> but with that said, people still had stills. Uh, yeah, well, obviously. And yeah. when we hit a deer and we couldn't find it, we still took a dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would do the same. It's it's ethical. It's the only ethical thing to do. So Absolutely. the statute of limitations is out on that now. So <laughs> yeah, uh, West Virginia DNR is listening. And this is, what, the second year this is yeah, legal we're, now? It's second year in West Virginia. It's yeah. legal going into our third. Uh, it's been a big hit. But... Um, we have national trackers that uh, national schools that doubt our abilities here just because of the uh, of how new it is in West Virginia. But what they don't know is our mountain culture. Yeah, we grew up around dogs. We train dogs, and we have tracked deer and bears with right. dogs as long as we needed to. And obviously, it's, it's a totally different ball game when you actually physically go and see the progress with your dogs. Too. Yes, I mean that's a yeah. big difference. So. Yeah, with the setters, uh, then as the grouse population started to decline. And being a diehard bird hunter, yeah, uh, kind of migrated over to duck and goose hunting. Oh yeah, got into labs, trained labs, bred labs for a while, um, and just kind of just got it. out of it, yeah. you know. And after we got out of that, uh, uh, I got my first little terrier. Did some squirrel hunting. Noticed he could track deer, and that's when it, what really drew me into the terriers about. 10 years ago. How many dogs did you have back then, then? Uh, I mean, obviously, if you had different ones for different uh, yeah, hunting, yeah, I mean, yeah, you had a, quite a few already. Back in the day, you know, you'd have a hound dog. Always had a hound dog around. Always had some kind of small terrier mix or, or beagle for hunting small game. Yeah. Uh, Treen dog of some kind. Uh, right. cur, a cur Squirrel, dog, feist dog. Coon, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and then then when we started getting into bird dogs, I'd sometimes have seven or eight dogs that you know that I owned <laughs> at a time. So were were you married then? Because I'm sure not at she, that point. I was gonna say that she would probably appreciate looking out uh, the window seeing that many dogs. Not at that point, <laughs> but. Uh, just I kind of got away from it. You know, life okay. happens. Right. Got away from yep. it. Like I said, got, ended up uh, uh, meeting Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy come into my life, and uh, her her sister, now a lot of people laugh at this. Yeah. But her sister had a little Yorkie Terrier. Okay. And uh, a real small dog. Small. And she went uh, to the neighbor's house and visited a chihuahua. Oh, okay. And she had one little pup. And he's running around here now. Oh, is he? Oh, oh is it that he, little one? Okay. Yeah, he's 10 years old. Oh, my. But that little guy can find deer. Really? Yes. Oh, my word. He is a little deer-finding machine. And he's, and he's a chihuahua. He is a chihuahua-yorkie mix. So he's crossed. Okay. Yeah. I, I, some of the people... That's surprising. Yeah, he's a little... He's a chorky, I guess you'd call him. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, chihuahuas are hunters. They're, they're good little oh, they're, hunters. Yeah, they have an attitude, yeah. But as we got closer... Chrissy and I lobbied for West Virginia to become legal in the tracking. We worked for three years to get this legalized. As we saw, it was going to become legalized. And after going on a few hunts ourselves in other states and seeing other dogs, one being a Patterdale Terrier in Texas, right. uh, doing tracking down there for, that for an outfitter. You, and that drew you more into back with the dogs yeah. again. And I told Chrissy, I said, if we're really going to be serious about tracking, we need to look – in getting us a good terrier, Jack right. Russell, Patterdale. The Yogs weren't in my mind then, but I've had run-ins with Yog Terriers throughout the years. Okay. I knew what they were. Right. I knew what they right. could do, but it hadn't hit me. Right. So. Obviously, of, you were impressed by the Chihuahua cross. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah, and I love terriers. I think terriers are just an amazing dog. Yeah. So, I kind of settled on a Patterdale Terrier. Okay. Smaller version, smaller dog. Um, when I talked to the breeder, told him, I said, I want to hunt him. I want him, you know, to be able to squirrel hunt, uh, go in dens after raccoons. I want him to dig for groundhogs, but I want him to track. Very versatile dog. Yes, I are. want a versatile dog that'll track. And he said, well, he said, the Patterdale might be a little small for you. He might hmm. be in every groundhog hole you go by while you're tracking. <laughs> you might spend all your time digging him out. Have you thought about a yog terrier? Okay. And I said, he said, do you know what a yog is? I said, yeah, I know what it is. I said, the good old boys back here call them jags. Yes, yeah, that, and that, that's what I referred to them as, right. jags, yeah. You hear the, um, you hear all the bear dog guys and, and hog guys calling them jag terriers. They're, and they're terriers. such a small dog. I mean, it's yeah. depressing it would want to hunt a game that big. Right. I mean. Yeah, you're looking at females about 20 pounds and yeah. males about 25. You get a you get a bear, man, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that little <laughs> dog, is, and it's no match. So, I made a couple phone calls, uh, ended up um, getting our first pup through Chris Phillips and Briar Woods in North Carolina, um, and we couldn't be happier. Yeah. Chris put us in touch uh, with Jeff Gross down in Tennessee. Jeff had first-generation dogs from, okay. from Briar Woods, and he had a litter available right then. Wow. Uh, with Chris, if you go through his kennel, you're a year, maybe a year and a half waiting list. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we fell, kind of fell into that. Right. But we couldn't have done this without Chris and Jeff. Okay. Um, I like to tell people that. 
Yeah, and and that was how back when? How long ago was that? I That's mean, that been three. That that was was it that long ago that no, you really December two thousand nineteen. Okay, it was Christmas Eve, and Chrissy and I were. I mean, obviously blown up from yeah. then to now. I mean, you know. Yeah, Jesse was born on December 20th, uh, 2019. Okay. So uh, we ran down Valentine's Day, 2020. Right. Uh, right before everybody started locking down and everything, we went to Nashville. My mom lives down there, stayed with her, went to the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, we're we're a donor to them, so we, we had some tickets for some meals and stuff we yeah. ran in there did some visiting Absolutely. with some friends ran on down and picked up jesse okay uh didn't know that that little three four pound black and tan dog was going to change our life yeah she's he's all over your page right now yeah. actually on facebook and yeah. everything he's all over it yeah she she is our flagship dog now uh how old is that pup now she uh, jesse yeah herself? yeah jesse yeah how old uh, is that? okay she is uh Let's see, two and a half years old. Oh, and she's and she's just she has keyed reached, on as good. Yeah, as she, she hasn't get. reached her, she hasn't reached her full potential yet. Oh, wow. And, and she's it's already, not her; it's me that holds her back. Right, right. Because I'm still, you know, you can train dogs your whole life, but you got to learn how to read a dog. Right, and obviously okay. that's what you do well. Every dog, every dog's different. You got to learn how to pick up quick. So she teaches me every time we go to the field. Okay. Okay. She yeah. teaches me. Yeah. So then I know what to look for in other dogs. Right. This is uh, Jesse's a wonder dog. I mean, you don't get you get one of these a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. ever expect a duplicator. Uh, hope to get close. Right. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So uh, currently we have Jesse. Uh, we have her. Uh, Brother and sister Henry and Karma. That now they're out of the next year's litter. Okay, but all three brothers and sisters. Right. Uh, Karma, she's showing some. She'll be going into this fall as a tracker. Really, Henry wow. tracked with us this fall as a second to Jesse. Wow, but he was only a six month old pup when we started, so he was learning. Right, he made yeah. a couple recoveries on his own. Um, sometimes the males take a little longer in this in this tracking world to kick it in. Right, right. Okay, even in the hunting world. I mean, males, when they get two or three years old, you usually know what you have. The females, when they're eight to 12 months old, you usually usually know what you have. Okay. Uh, Not not every dog works that way, but, I mean, that's... I mean, that's the way with the animal world. I mean, it seems like for some reason the female has just that natural Matures quicker. Yeah, I mean, they mature quicker, and they they have such a good drive for what they do. Right. And... uh, that's what got us here today. I mean, we yeah. we had a uh, Chrissy and I had a turkey call company called Long Spur Turkey Calls. Okay, um, and that's how it really got the name Long uh, Spur. Right. Okay, uh, I've been an outfitter before, uh, from two thousand one to two thousand five. Outfitted mm-hmm. turkey hunts in West Virginia. Uh, we were. You're a busy guy. We were, and uh, we the guys that come in, they were. They were just so amazed at the size of turkeys they were killing here because right. they target older birds that you had to pattern. Yeah. West yeah. Virginia is overlooked with how many turkeys are out uh, I mean, there's um, some monsters. Number and, and the age. We have some old birds here. Yeah. You can kill some four- and five-year-old long-spurred turkeys. Yeah. So these right. guys were going back and, and telling all their friends, and, and we become a popular destination here yeah. for long-spurred turkeys. So yeah. that's where we got our name. I mean, just about any crook and cranny in the holler up in here. I mean, yep. you, you could find a good 10-and-a-half-inch bearded 
Tom, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty common bird you could see around here. As and, me growing up, that's right. You Probably, know. yeah. And and a lot of guys do. They look at those spurs and or, yeah. or, or the beards and get excited. I I was a spur guy. You're like you're the spurs. Okay, I like inch and a half sharp hooks. Yeah, I, I know I've killed something. Right, right. And there wasn't really many birds. I mean, I'm talking to my parents and everything, there was a, wasn't very many turkeys. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we had. Probably the height around here was ninety seven to two thousand. Okay, and um, two I mean now it's it's it, it's down. starting to come up again. Yeah, it's it's not what it was then because we had a downward cycle and it's starting to come up. We got to right. have some dry springs, but that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could get into turkey hunting all so, day long. But uh, yeah, we started the Long Spur Turkey Call Company. Um, it just kind of. As it got into tracking, uh, West Virginia requires you to have an outfitting license to charge to track. Yeah. Uh, pretty uh, in, in-depth and expensive to maintain that. So there's not very many licensed trackers in the state. And within from three years now, you were saying, how many? you have 20-some guys that we, are uh, yeah, underneath of you now working for you. We have 23, as of last night, trackers in seven different states that work for us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it's not bragging but we are the largest tracking company in the United States. Yeah. I mean, I'm north of you. I'm in yeah. the uh, northern panhandle. And, I mean, we I've just heard about you last year, and it was a huge thing. And that was the only one I've ever heard of. I've never heard about tracking a deer right. with a dog. Right. I mean, that's a – It's been big in Ohio. Uh, Pennsylvania just become legal about the same time we did. Um, but we – you know, the first year we were, the like, the only game in town. Right. Um, and the other guys that were tracking, to be able to charge, had to have that outfitting license or work for a licensed outfitter. To be so, legal. Yeah. To be legal. So. And that's what you're allowed to track in other states. You're not just West Virginia. Right. You're right. Ohio, right. Pennsylvania, yep. West Virginia. As long as you follow those other states' guidelines. Most of the other ones are just a hunting license or. Right. Uh, yeah. Small a, game license. Small game license is most of them. That's okay. all you got to have is just hold a, a hunting license. Right, right. So, yeah, we track. We track, personally here, we track Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia. Uh, we have a tracking presence or trackers in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, Virginia. We just picked a guy up in Kentucky, Illinois, too, right? Yeah. Illinois. Uh, I'm forgetting one there. Virginia. Virginia. Okay. And yeah. we have a pretty good uh, pretty good range in three right. years. I mean, that's huge. Right. And we're growing. Uh, people, uh, we, we have a unique program where we franchise pups out. Uh, where we maintain the ownership of the pup. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a way for young dedicated people that maybe don't have the money right to buy a, a so they a, just franchise under you. They franchise under us and they have one of our dogs after 5 years if they're happy and want to continue, I give them the dog. And that's a great business opportunity for really anybody. Yeah. I mean, you could be working uh, your regular 6 days, 7 days a week and you could still have that as a yeah. side job as well. Right. You know, if you could come in and do 40 tracks a year, that's huge. That's huge for us. That's huge in your area to help that many hunters out. I mean, before we run out of time, I know we got so much stuff. There's so much stuff we can go over. Like how many, um, how many dogs you have right now, like spread out through. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Currently, and we're working more on this. We, we have one of our yog terriers over in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia, over in Jefferson County. And that's John Davis over there with rack and tracks at Longspur. Yeah. And he covers uh, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia. Oh, wow. Um, 
So he has a big area. Another, uh, we have uh, Johnny Jones down in Oceana, West Virginia, Wyoming County. He has one of our Yog Terriers down there. Right. And he covers the four southern bow hunting only counties in West Virginia. Wow. Wow. Uh, Lawson McKee up near Weirton. Yep. He's my neighbor. Yeah. yeah, uh, Lawson has one of our German wire haired pointers. Yeah. And he's going, uh, training her up, and she'll be uh, covering part of Pennsylvania and West Virginia, Northern Panhandle, and part of Ohio. Right. we currently are trying to place a bloodhound in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. wow. So Wisconsin That's might huge. be on the board. Uh, Illinois, the boy in Illinois wasn't a franchise dog. He just bought a dog through us and decided, Okay. hey, that's. Uh, I, I want to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, really, like you're saying, anybody can really want to right. want to get into this business. Anybody can really learn. Right. Anybody that has a dog that wants to do this, reason, I mean, we get so many referrals. Yeah. Uh, we get a couple thousand phone calls every fall, uh, contacts, and uh, we uh, we get calls from all over. It's amazing. Yeah, and I'm sure we all get times of the night too. From, yeah, I mean, we get contacts from Illinois. That's how I met you. Yeah, I mean, I shot yeah. my deer, and you know, I never even heard of you. And someone was like, "Well, call Sean." You know, it's like I don't even know. Is that even a thing? Yeah. It's like, absolutely. So, you know, that, and that's how I met you. And, and we had a unique story because I didn't come yeah. track for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't have to physically come. You still helped me recover my deer I without even. into it. Yeah. And that was, a, that's one of the things I think that sets us apart from other trackers. Yeah. We could make so much more money. Right. Uh, a you're, lot of, you're lot doing of it guys for the people. Trying to do it for the people. If somebody calls me and I know their deer's dead and they can find it. I want them to find it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was your case. You and called me, was, you explained a shot. Yeah. And then that, and that helps you with more business in the future too. Yes, I mean it really does. Yes, we probably had fifty of those this year. Wow, recoveries wow. by phone. Yeah, yeah. And, and we all we're always teasing on you know teasing each other. And, and one of the guys said we need to be like a hotline where you pay nineteen ninety nine just to call <laughs> any time know? of day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Absolutely. like no, no, no. But out of all those phone calls that come in here, either myself, Chrissy, or one of the trackers talk to each hunter. Really. Every hunter was talked to. Wow. Either personally by phone or yeah. by text. I right. mean, sometimes it, it, all it takes is a text. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. But any uh, kind of information at that moment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But we talk to everybody. Yeah. Nobody gets left out. Right. And it's so. just like you with your dogs. I mean, you're able to read the dogs, but you're also able to read a deer right. being wounded or, you know, if, if right. it's going to be a successful so find. When, when Chrissy comes on for the second part of this segment. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, we're starting to run out a little bit of time here. Um, okay. Yeah. I need to mention some of our, sure. our sponsors Absolutely. on this segment. Uh, you got American Flyway Waterfowl. That's uh, Joey Hip down in Louisiana. He makes some uh, fine outdoor gear, hats, uh, all kinds of clothing. He Tons sell, of stuff. Yeah. He sells uh, all kinds of duck and goose calls. Um, check out his Facebook pages, American Flyway Waterfowl. He also carries Apex ammunition if you're looking for some great TSS shot for turkey hunting. Our other uh, sponsor on this segment is Sam McCloy with Peanut Addiction over in Grafton, West Virginia. Now, if you've never used Peanut Addiction, if you're running any kind of feeder, you should try this stuff. Looks like pretty good stuff, Sean. It's a great attractant. It it smells good enough to eat if you like peanuts. We use it. Um, We use it, uh, especially with JC. It brings deer in close. It keeps their mind on feeding. And it has a lot of natural ingredients to yes. help them with their antlers yeah. and everything else that it's they're a, it, Yeah, it, this is, I mean, this is just a pure attractant. That's awesome. But uh, Sam McCloy, we tracked for him, and he's come on for with us as, 
with Peanut Addiction. Great guy. Great. And, the, and the last sponsor I need to mention on this segment is Dream Mountain Ranch up in Preston County. Brian Poling and his gang up there run a quality operation. It's high fence. You're trying to break a new hunter into hunting or a young hunter into hunting. It's a great controlled environment. He has hogs, uh, exotic rams, whitetails, uh, elk, uh, several other exotic species like buffalo. I, right. If you want to call those exotic, they are. In West Virginia, you don't see them as much as you used to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his elk herd up there is a now completely 100% West Virginia elk herd. They've oh, had them long enough up there that everything, every animal on there has been raised on Dream Mountain. That's awesome. But a uh, great facility. Brian also holds weddings. Uh, you can call him up there at Dream Mountain in Preston County, West Virginia. Uh, book your wedding. Book a hunt. Uh, has a fishing pond that they're open, I believe, on Sundays this time of year. The Do it all in trout. one shot. Yeah, and we're... <laughs> We're actually uh, negotiating with Dream Mountain to open up some bird hunting next year. Oh, wow. Uh, with uh, the Longspur dogs doing some work there. Perfect. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but those are our three sponsors for this uh, uh, part of this introduction, American Flyway Waterfowl, Peanut Addiction, and Dream Mountain. We'll be back here in just a couple minutes. Welcome back to Long Spurs Beyond the Holler. We're into our second segment here. That's, uh, well, I shouldn't call it our second segment. It's continuation of the first segment. Yeah. Brought to you by American Flyway Waterfowl, Peanut Addiction, and Dream Mountain. Uh, guest for this round is, I guess you'd say myself and yeah. Chrissy. Yeah. Uh, part? Your, your better half. Yeah, my better <laughs> half. Chrissy Lamasters. Uh, she's a co-owner yeah. of Long Spur Tracking and Outfitting. And... We thought maybe she'd want to. Yeah, we'd ask you like ask some questions about you know uh, why why you like uh, tracking with him and you know some of the stuff uh, what what you think is what makes you have a drive for doing this. I mean, not very many women out there are like yeah, let's go track a deer in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, like what was your first track together? Um, what was our first track? Walter Stubblefield. Walter oh, yeah, Stubblefield. Walter. In okay. Kentucky. <laughs> oh, wow. We went down there, and, and uh, we interviewed him. Right. And we talked about it for – it was he was in Grayson, Kentucky. It was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and we kind of figured he shoulder-shot at his buck. Right. Yeah. And that's when you're like, hey, let's go, let's go to Kentucky and try to get uh, this deer. And uh, we didn't have high hopes for finding this deer. Right. And, and we agreed to take it as a night track. Oh, yeah. We got there one in the morning, 10 or midnight. It was late. What were you thinking about this whole ordeal? It was probably like, uh. <laughs> well, we talked the whole way, kind of replayed everything that he had told us on the phone and, you know, wasn't sure what we were going to see when we got there. And we got there and he showed us pictures. Was it on his trail camera? It was on his trail camera. Yeah. Okay. Of what the deer was and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you guys just kind of went over the shot and everything where that was. We and did. And, you know, we hit the track and, yeah. and, uh, we just kept coming up with dead ends and it's one thirty two in the morning. And I, I kind of felt bad, you know, we, we just weren't advancing the track any further. And, right. You know, we not new to tracking, but new to being a business and tracking. So we wanted to provide him with 
And that was how many years ago? I mean, that, that was, was two years ago. Okay, when so right when you started then. Yeah. 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 And uh, I told Walter, I said, now, Chrissy and I, we'll just, uh, we'll just sleep in the Jeep. Right. And we'll hit this again in the morning. We'll just give it another go. And, oh, wow. And he's like, <laughs> are you all serious? <laughs> One heck of a first date. <laughs> uh, and he's like, are you, are you serious? I said, yeah. And so we just, um, we went ahead and uh, he said, no, no, you don't have to stay in your Jeep. <laughs> he said, just down over the hill here, I have a cabin. Okay, perfect. And we get to this cat. I mean, it was nice for a cabin yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. And Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, in Kentucky. And he made me sit on a couch with Kentucky Wildcat pillows and blankets. And he said, I got to get a picture of this. I bet you Bob Huggins would love you. <laughs> Made you guys now, feel at home then, huh? Uh, so, yeah. And then, but we, that was our first track as a business together. Together. Okay. Cool. But Christy and I have been together 10, 10 years now, haven't it? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. Uh, and we've hunted and fished. and Yeah, I mean, and you hunt is what I've heard, too. I mean, you do a lot of hunting with Sean, yeah. turkey and deer and everything else. Whatever he'll let me shoot. I'll let him shoot. Oh, my. That God. sounds right. Uh, <laughs> so but, is there any kind of, like, stories that really was, like, really scarred you in your memory about Sean? Any stories with deer tracking? Anything that really pops out at you? Because, I mean, that was, you guys known each other for 10 years, and, you know, that was your first track. Obviously, that was pretty different. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't your average, normal, like, type yeah. evening with each other. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, my, out of the last two years, what was you, what would you say, who was your favorite? And yeah. Which um, one stood out the most? Which one was I telling you about the other day? I told you I had one. You like Chris Spinks. Yeah. Were you the guy that wanted to carry you across the creek? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that before we got on here. Yeah. Well, 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 so what was that whole story about? Well, <laughs> that was another one of those guys, uh, Chris, and we'll have him on the podcast at some time because he is right. Mr. Entertainment, let oh. me tell you. Yes. Sounds like it. <laughs> he called us, and this was, this was the last day of our season, was it not? Yeah. He shot this deer on this... Uh, December 30th, and we went and tracked it the 31st, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was cold then. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, it was down in Somersville. Okay. Um, he said, man, I shot this deer with a crossbow, and he said, I'm not going to lie to you, I shot it in the shoulder. He said, and I tried to shoot it in the shoulder. That's all I could do. Is sh and I'm like, oh, a shoulder shot. He said, yeah, but, yeah. he said, I was shooting uh, a crossbow bolt, and he said, I got 14 or 15 inches of penetration out of a 20-inch bolt. Oh, wow. And I'm like, mm. and she, she li Chrissy listens in on every call. Right. I tell every hunter that, you know. Right. Yeah. she's looking at me and saying, uh, I, he's believable, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. he's saying, I know this deer's dead. I know it, I know it, I know it. Right. And I said, okay, it sounds like you may have got enough penetration to get one lung. So we got down there. And I don't think – everybody's not ready when, when Chrissy jumps out of the vehicle and goes with me. The guys <laughs> look like, really? <laughs> but they don't realize that she's probably a better tracker than they are. Right, yeah. Okay, because she's seeing every situation throughout the tracking season. You know, yeah. most people track one or two deer a year, right. and, and most of those are easy tracks. Yeah, They're right. Bunch. She sees every hard one. She sees all of them. And how many yeah. – you said how many tracks do you go with Sean in a year? I think I've been on all of them except for one or two, maybe. Two, wow. I think. Uh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, we did over eighty this year. That's that's a lot of that's a lot yeah. of walking, a lot of a lot of running around. Right. Uh, Chris's deer. He he was he was your typical hunter. Um, my deer's dead across the creek, huh? Well, yeah. When we got there, he's like, it went this way. <laughs> yeah, and sixty percent of hunters tell you the direction it goes in, they're wrong. Right. So we go up the hill. I take Jesse on the track. She gets up, and I'm expecting her to turn left in the direction Chris had pointed. Right. And she turns right, goes straight down the hill. Mm. Well, Chrissy, Chrissy and Chris were on a log road below me, and you saw something. Yeah, I see, noticed that the leaves were ruffled up going okay. down the hill. Yeah. And I turned around, and I asked him, I was like, have you been down this way? Yeah. And he's like, no. He's like, I've concentrated, you know, on the other side. We look up, and Sean and Jesse's coming back down over the hill. Coming right yeah, down off his I'm tracks. Coming, and come right over that disturbed leaf area, and I think Chris then kind of started respecting what Chris yeah. had to say. Yeah, he had a little. And about 10 yards further than that, I hit a, a blood spot. Yeah. And so we knew the deer went that way, and I told Chris, I said, you got to trust the dog, trust the dog. And we went about 250, 300 yards, and Jesse just started pulling me, and I'm like – and. When she gets close to a deer, she starts looking for it because she wants to kill it. Right. And you, that's what you were saying on the earlier. You could read the dog. So yep. any kind of body language. And I'm sure so, you're like that too, Chrissy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You so, tell. yeah, I mean, yeah, Chrissy can read her as well as I can because yeah. Chrissy runs her too. Right. But she was telling me that deer was there. Yeah. Close. Close. You can smell looking, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that deer was alive. Oh. He had one <laughs> long hit that deer. That's never a good sign. Jesse got right up on it, probably three feet from it, before I saw it, because right. it was in some green briars. Right, right. And she jumped him up. And we're talking, I think it ended up being 157 inches. Oh, wow. So yeah, that wasn't a deer to <laughs> No, he told go. when we got there, he told me, here, you're tracking a 135-inch buck. And I look at the picture, okay. Because yeah. trail cam pictures don't always no, do justice. They don't to do deer. justice at all. Yeah. This deer jumps up in my face and goes out 10 yards and stops, just at the end of pretty much the lead, long lead. And I'm like, holy, <laughs> is this the deer? <laughs> That's a 160-inch deer. Right, yeah. You know? I'm not only a tracker. What I'm were you thinking hunter. at that moment, Christy? Like, they were still behind me. Yeah, we were coming up behind him, and he's like, it's alive, it's alive. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to get Chris down there with his crossbow. Right, yeah. The deer goes out shot. to 40 yards and then turns broadside and looks at us, and I can How tell. far was it from the previous shot? I mean, so now you're like 300 yards. Okay, so you're a good distance yeah. away yeah. from where he originally when it shot went it, out, yeah. it went out, it went out 40 yards, it crossed a creek. Mm. Okay, well, when Chris got down there, he couldn't get a shot at it. It went on into the swamp. Right. And oh, my first thing was, okay, the main four-lane highway is not that far. We can't right. follow that deer straight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we can't, you know, it's wounded, and it's mortally wounded, but it's on its feet, so we can't go chase a deer with the dog. Right. Right. So we come up with a plan to circle completely around and come along the edge of the road. Trying to intercept him. Intercept really? it. Okay. And... We did that. Uh, we made a circle, and we we came to the creek crossing, and it was about <laughs> knee deep. And Chris, uh, Chris, he said, "I'm not getting my boots wet." <laughs> he said, "I'm going to take them off." <laughs> so he takes off his boots and socks, and wades across. And I right. said, "And you're a 35 year old man. You could really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just ran across it. Yeah, I just ran across it. I <laughs> bet that was nice and smooth. Uh, yeah. I, hey, I didn't get my feet wet. Hey, that. <laughs> I hit that thing so fast. 
And then it was Chrissy's turn. And then it was Chrissy's turn. And she <laughs> she did the take off boots and socks thing. And, right. and Chris turns around and says, would you like for me to carry you across? <laughs> now, for all the listeners, like, and you're not, like, you're not a tall girl. You know, you're real skinny. So, I mean, you know, you're just a dainty thing. And he probably thought you couldn't make it. And you did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, and basically, she was like, if that old man could run across it, <laughs> I can make it. I can go wherever he goes. So... <laughs> but uh, then we circled that deer, and, and Chris ended up, uh, you know, the nice thing circling, and, and Jesse, she's, she's so good at even winding deer yeah. and gritting. We knew when we were getting close to that deer again right. because you she started winding. Tell. So I had to pick her up, which you, do this, you can't do this with a bloodhound. This is why I tell everybody terriers are <laughs> where it's at. To pick Smaller. her up, and I had to hold her mouth shut because she was doing that terrier oh, yeah. squeal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She was ready, <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah she so. was ready. But that deer had made it almost to the road. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he laid down. He just couldn't. So now, so from, you know, after he shot it, and then when you guys spotted it, how far away is it now completely? I mean, because you were 300 yards when you guys last seen it. So yeah. now it's like. It was only 400, but we had made a huge circle. Okay. To cut it off. Dude, yeah, so you were so about 400 Chris, yards away. Chris shot a, uh, he actually put two more bolts in it with a crossbow. <laughs> oh, man. And it got up and ran <laughs> back towards the creek and died in the creek. Oh, wow. And you'll never guess who waited out in the creek, put a dog leash on that deer, and drug it over to the bank. Let me guess. (laughs) Yeah. I was getting ready to go in, and she said, my feet are already wet. I'll just go do it. So. That's awesome. She went out there and took some pictures. And, uh, but. uh, So you've been, obviously, you've been drawn to dogs and tracking with Sean. I mean, you had interest in animals as a young age, Chrissy, or I mean. Um. I've never really had a lot of animals growing up, but the way that Sean works with them and everything, you know, I just thought, you know, give it a try, help him out, be there. And now it's your passion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's great with the dogs. That's Uh, awesome. Now, she teaches me things with dogs because I'm a little soft-hearted. Right. You know. Are you saying I'm not? (laughs) She's soft-hearted. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But she... She has that, you know. You made that, a girl cry on a track, didn't you? You have I that did. business mentality. Yeah. Yep. She she made a girl cry on a track. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This oh, girl man. shot this deer and uh, pretty she, intense. <laughs> yeah. She was she was like, oh, I just love your dog. Do you keep it inside? Nope. Chrissy said no. She says, and a lot of people don't understand that. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people take that to. Oh, right. it's abuse. I mean, it's a hunting yeah. dog. Well, yeah. They prefer outside. Yeah. yeah, and another thing with terriers, y- you can keep them outside and you put them in a kennel, they go crazy. Right. So yeah. we put the terriers on a chain, right. which some people just, oh, you got your dog oh, on a yeah. chain. Oh, but yeah. that allows her to run in a circle. Yeah. It allows her to cover back and forth. It's a long chain. Right. Yeah. And she, she strengthens up. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. She's running around and just enjoying yeah. life. But Man, that that's what they're is, made for. I mean, that girl is. is ready to cry when Chrissy told her that. <laughs> yeah. But now her son told her, or told us, that Jesse should be inside eat, drinking out of a gold bowl. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> You made her cry over telling her the truth. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but it's been interesting. Um, like, our first dog together was Cy. Right. And he's still here. And he... He's a little survivor. How many dogs you guys have together as now? I mean, you guys have a quite a quite a bit yeah, of pups I mean, out here. We <laughs> have, you have well, one right yeah. here in the crate. I just saw it just <laughs> yeah. a moment ago. We well, we have Cy. He's here. We got Jesse. Yeah, Henry. Uh, now we have Karma. 
So there's four. Uh, we have Huck, our big old bloodhound. Yep. There's number five. And then Truda, our wire-haired pointer, is number six. And then we talked about the franchise pups that we own. Right, right. But we have six right here. Okay. And uh, and then a whole passel, whole passel full of pups because Jess just had her litter of pups, and they're getting ready to go home here soon. So Yeah. But uh, got seven pups here at the house running around. Um, but it, it's been an interesting start to this business, yeah. and we can't wait to see where it goes. That's it's awesome just to get to talk with you a little bit about, you know, like I said, not a lot of girls want to go out in the middle of the night tracking a deer. Right. <laughs> That's just not something anyone wants to do sometimes. Well, we, I think we have fun doing it. We, <laughs> we butt heads, and later we're going we're gonna to talk to Daniel Hannafin here later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you got a little frustrated on that track. I did. <laughs> Jesse, Maybe we can hit she, it on that she, one later. She took Jesse on that one as the lead. She took the lead. Yeah. And Jesse took her on the track, but got distracted by a flock of turkeys. I'm talking about in a thicket. Oh, my. I bet uh, that was hands so- and knees thicket. <laughs> and she didn't know which direction she went in. And I was, you know, I'm right up here. She said, I don't know where up here is. That's Your as, dang dog was chasing turkeys. That's as they say. It's thicker than a uh, briar patch with a rabbit trail in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's thick. Yeah. But, I mean, we've we've had long days, but I think they've been fun. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. But that's uh, great. Well, we're starting to run out of time here. I mean, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have Mr. Mills on here in a little while, and then we're going to have Daniel. And uh, Okay. Well, we need to, though, mention American Flyway Waterfowl, yeah. Joey Hip down there uh, in Louisiana, a good friend of ours. He outfits J.C., Check out our Raised Right with JC page and our Long Spur Tracking Outfitting page, and you'll see some of Joey's products. He's got great clothes. I'm wearing one of his shirts right okay, now. Okay, I was going to say, that looks yeah. like a sharp shirt. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a lot of the good old-style camo if you're an old-fashioned turkey hunter like old I am. Mossy Oak. Old Mossy Oak Bottomland, some yeah. great hats on there. I mean, if you're into those Richardson hats, he carries plenty of styles on there. Absolutely. Yeah, at, hey, we can't forget Peanut Addiction, Sam no. McCloy over in Grafton, great friend of ours. We did a track for him. Uh, great deer attracted, and also Dream Mountain Ranch up in Preston County, West Virginia. You got to check them out. Yeah, and they're Look, made in West Virginia, too, the peanut addiction. Is, yeah, peanut so addiction is made in West Virginia. Yeah. We try to deal with West Virginia companies or American-made products. I mean, that's our goal. Uh, and good people. Yeah. We want to work with good people. Absolutely. That's like Joey Hip. He's in Louisiana, but he's a good person. Yeah. He's always treated us good. We check in with him on hurricanes, and he checks in with us and sees how things are going and yeah, That's great. just a great guy. Checked Keep it in, in the loop. Checked in when COVID hit around here, just making sure we all were good. But, uh, yeah, Dream Mountain, I was talking about them, you know, up in Preston County, West Virginia. And you got to get a hold of Brian Poling. Check out their Facebook page, Dream Mountain Ranch. Uh, they got some cool animals up there, and it's a great place to take a kid and get them started. And they're having a shed hunt coming up on April 9th. This might air after that. But we'll okay. let you know about it. Yeah, absolutely. That'd how it went, but it's something you can plan for for next year. That's what you were saying. It's like an Easter egg hunt for kids. Uh, an <laughs> Easter egg hunt for kids and adults. Uh, oh, wow. That's he awesome. has a kids area, and, a, and then the adults get to hunt the, and the kids get to hunt the big branch. But uh, those are our three sponsors on this uh, segment, and we'll be back here shortly with uh, James Mills from Somerset, Kentucky. Sounds good. Hey, I want to welcome back everybody out there to Long Spurs Beyond the Holler podcast. Uh, This segment is brought to you by 
Thorn Broadheads. This broadhead company is uh, located in North Carolina. These these broadheads are completely American-made broadheads, and they are exactly what I describe to people when they ask me what kind of broadhead to use out there in the tracking world. They've got a bunch of different kinds, too, Sean. Yes, they do. Uh, they have a very nice expandable, and they have a nice uh, fixed-blade broadhead called the Thorn that I'm impressed with. The XV expandable is very nice expandable if you're if you're into the expandable line, but they leave a good wound channel. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you place them right. You're going to put us trackers out of business. <laughs> so thorn broadheads, you need to look them up on Facebook, uh, on the internet and, uh, um, look them up and get some of their products out there. Also Dan's outdoor gear, sugar Creek, Ohio, Dan's outdoor gear. They've been making some quality products for years for dog hunters. Uh, people that run dogs, uh, turn you know, go to Dan's for their clothing, brush-proof clothes, boots. Uh, dog gear. Everything. Anything you need for your dogs, they have it. So Dan's Outdoor Gear, look them up on the internet, Facebook. Uh, great company to deal with. Uh, segment two here, we have Mr. James Mills, Somerset, Kentucky. James, you there? Oh, yes, here I am. James, uh, I, I kind of tell everybody uh, uh, you're, you're a great mentor on the Yog Terriers. And uh, I, we just wanted to talk Yog Terriers with you. Yeah. And well, that that'd be great. I've had them twenty eight years. I fell in love with them twenty eight years ago, and uh, still learning. Uh, now, did you know of very many other Yog Terriers in the United States twenty eight years ago? There were uh, twenty eight years ago. Max Teal was here. Max Teal introduced the breed to the United States in nineteen forty eight. Okay. Wow. And they had a testing club up through, say, the mid-60s, uh, based on the German system. And so Max was still active. I, I uh, actually spoke with him, attempted to get a dog from him, but he was on the last few years of owning these dogs. And then there was a few people that had got dogs from him, two more, probably Jim Glover and uh, and then uh, Mr. Uh, the, uh, the folks there in uh, – Missouri at uh, Missouri blood trackers, okay. uh, Jack and Sharon Jones. And okay. so those were the only people I knew. There's a fellow in Canada named, uh, Wolf Dyschel. And, uh, then there was another fellow there called honey and Volker Sherm. They were outfitters. I just sent a dog to one of their employees, honey and Volker Sherm at Monashi outfitters. They, uh, I just sent a dog to him for a bear hunter there okay. in Prince George, wow. Canada. Wow. You can do a lot of everything then. Uh, when you first got into the Yog Terriers, uh, what what attracted you to them? Well, I got a, I I was attracted to them because I heard they were tree dogs. Okay. Well, when I got them, I discovered they were not really active tree dogs. Even though I, I've learned since then how how to have a tree dog out of these dogs. Right. But then after keeping them and being attracted to them for that incredible grittiness, I, I began to see their versatility and that's what kept me, you know, I was, uh, it's kind of like the pretty face, uh, got me, you know, but man, she sure could cook. So I've been married to her for almost 50 years, you know, that's right. my wife. Well, these dogs, I was attract, attracted for the grittiness, but then their versatility, I just learned everything that they could do, you know? Right. Now what, what all of you hunted with your terriers, James? Well, I mean, you know, we've had great retrievers and hunted everything you could retrieve 
with a dog, you know, just about all kinds of waterfowl anyway. Then we've had all kinds of ground game, foxes, mm-hmm. coons and possums and groundhogs. Um, then we've uh, hunted wild hogs. We love to wild hog hunt, but you have to go somewhere. There's no wild hogs right here. But we've been in, you know, seven, eight different states hunting wild hogs with them. And then, of course, we've blood tracked up just about the whole time. Right. Uh, with these dogs, um, that, that uh, I, I know some friends that I, I've always wanted to hunt deer with them. Right. You know, there are places you can run deer. Right. And uh, uh, Ted Davis passed away not long ago, and he had a dog. He would run little patches of woods, and uh, there in South Carolina, where it was legal to run deer with a dog. You know, I ne- I had never considered even using them for that, but they would. Wow, that that's yeah. they I would like make an dogs. excellent deer dog. Yeah, um, like we were saying before. I mean. That's right. what you're looking for. Uh, with the hunting, uh, could you also tell us about the American Hunting Terrier Association? Uh, how did it come about? Now, say that again. Uh, the American Hunting Terrier uh, Hun- American well, Hunting the, Terrier Association. How did it come about? Well, well, we had a lot of interest in that, and uh, a man by the name of Paul Greenwood and Cody Fritz invited us all down to his place. He has a hog bay arena and he had these dogs uh cody had been to a hog bay in uh, north mississippi and i had won the puppy with my little red dog hmm. and uh i didn't know cody didn't meet cody at that trip and uh but he saw him and he had to have one so i went back to texas and there were a few floating around texas and he ended up getting one from uh, maybe bill mankin i'm not sure <laughs> but he got one and and uh, he still got I think one of his first little dogs, he's got a little dog named Demi Lou, and she, she's just a hog bay extraordinaire dog. She's just an excellent animal. And so they had that, and we they invited everyone down. We'd had several meetings over the last 28 years with different people to try to get something started. We went to uh, Indianapolis once, and uh, there was, there's always some interest in trying to do things the European way. Right. Um and we all see the benefit of letting someone else evaluate our dogs, which we think is the key. Right. As long as someone else evaluates our dogs, we, we see any sort of program that um, helps us do that, a positive step in the right direction for the breed. So we've come up with a, a breeding matrix that allows you to get points in, in more of an American uh, situation. But he started, uh, he, he let us use his facility there. We had two trials a year for a couple of years, and then we, we expanded and went to a trial in South Dakota. There's a trial here, and we only so we have three trials a year right now. We, we've got works on start having one in, um, I guess it's going to be Washington uh, State oh, wow. Okay, uh, added there. So uh, it started with those folks, uh, Cody Fritz and uh, D. St. Alban. Um, uh, William Burns came along just a year or two later. He's an officer now, mm-hmm. and... Um, they're just great people. The people, the, the, uh, they have great dogs, but the people we put together, uh, Lance Criswell, Jake Babb down in Texas, uh, just been super guys. I, I probably left off somebody off of our board, uh, in Alabama there, uh, uh, Joey Wright. And, uh, they're just, they're just, uh, super people interested in the breed. And, you know, and we tried to contact with, we, we kept with them. The biggest benefit is our contact with one another, you know? Right. Now, you all register terriers also provide. We do. We have a registry, yes. Okay, because I 
I know it used to be pretty hard uh, with the AKC, UKC uh, to register a Yog Terrier in the United States. I think well, the AKC is not registered yet. They don't register them yet. They have, they do have that foundation stock service where they're beginning to. Right. The UKC was kind of odd. It was really strange. Um, they registered these dogs from the outset um, hmm. th- when I started, anyway. Mm-hmm. However. I remember asking them a question, and 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 uh, I had a question to ask, and they said, "What?" Uh, of course, they have people hired. I guess they answer the phone. It's really hard to contact those people, and so I'm talking to the you know service people on the phone. They don't know very much, and I don't think sometimes. And I said, uh, "I want to know about a yog terrier." Is it a what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said a yog terrier. I called the AKC rare breed specialist. Now, this is a person that lived at that time. In New York City, they were at uh, they you know they were they were headquartered in New York City. No telling what they made money. And I said, oh, I was just wondering, you know, what were the plans for the Yacht Terrier? If you had any plans, they didn't even know what the breed was. <laughs> and I mean, that's a person who makes their living studying rare breeds and right. and, and you know taking care of rare breeds. I know. So they're, they uh, <laughs> they but the AKC through the efforts of uh, of um, Richard Reynolds, he's a uh, a very prominent Aubrey judge and. Uh, He's in our club too. He comes from just about all of our trials. Uh, they, they're, they've entered the foundation stock service, and they'll eventually register them through through them. I imagine you can't actually register them now, but uh, the full, uh, I think, foundation stock is a preliminary step. You okay. Know? Well, that, I mean that's good to hear. Uh, now you're a state representative for the NKC, correct? I am. Okay. NKC's been pretty easy to work with. They're they're the registry we use here at Longspur. And uh, uh, we're actually one of their registered kennels, uh, or licensed kennel, I should say. But, uh, um, I mean, where do you see the future of this breed going in the United States? That's another... Well, it's going to diverge, of course. You know, there's going to be a there's going to be a UKC, I mean, rather an AKC, um, a show uh, strain develop. I'm sure eventually. Right. I'm sure that'll happen. It's that it's that way in Europe. You know, some of the dogs that we import from Europe. Uh, um, I had a friend, and he was, you know, um, he was talking down, you know, dog show dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't say a word. I don't like getting into the Facebook drama or internet drama. Yeah. <laughs> so a friend of mine, we were talking to him about it through. So I messaged a friend of mine because we knew the dog, and I said, "Does he know that his dog has 124 show titles from Europe?" Oh gosh! <laughs> and so that, that's want... developing in Europe, you know, <laughs> right, right, with a strong show title. But some of those people, you know, really hunt their dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can, I've begun to see the, uh, you know, I've begun to see that effect. Okay. Uh, those dogs, uh, they kind of do it this way. They'll either enter them into a trial or take them hunting just to kind of, uh, satisfy the notion that they have to be hunting dogs too, you know? Right. But, exactly. you know, to me, we've always thought if they're hunting dogs, they're hunting dogs first. Yeah. Right. You know, they yeah. can't be show dogs first and hunting dogs second. But that being said, I love a good-looking dog. Yeah, you know. yeah. exactly. Now you uh, you said you tracked with your terriers, and of course we're you yeah. know our main job here, at Long Spurs. We're we're trackers. Um, I mean, how did you find your terriers? Very serviceable. Uh, 
they hang in there with other breeds or? Well, I, that's the only dog I have any any uh, any experience with dragon. Really, and okay. I, I see I see pluses and minuses, and of course the the mine the plus they do have a great nose, right? And they're compact size. They have incredible drive. You know, they just have incredible drive. And I see all those as positives. I mean, uh, uh, they, I wouldn't want mine to be real close to a big buck that was wounded because, you know, they would try to catch them probably. <laughs> right, to, exactly. Uh, they would try to catch them, and it could be, a, you know, it could be a dicey situation. But um, they, they, that drive, of course, is the negative side, too. You know, they don't track slow. Uh, you, they're a difficult read, uh, but, uh, you know, it's sometimes real easy to read. Uh, that dog is very, very deliberate and occasionally you'll find some of these dogs that are very, very deliberate. Right. But, um, and that's, what's going to be the main, uh, I think, uh, lines that develop as some of the better, uh, blood tracking dogs, those that are, that are a little slower, more deliberate. And then of course, uh, you always face that thing of, um, you know, off game. Right. Um, yeah. My uh, the the dog I use for blood tracking. That's all we did. We didn't we didn't do anything else with it. And, okay. And I had a little female here that I'd tracked for tried to track with, and well, they'd been killing squirrels to her. You know, and uh, you know they're so gamey. <laughs> right. They you know they're interested in a lot of off yeah. game too. You know. Right. What's your favorite breed of dog for just you know any kind of hunting that you're interested in? What's your favorite breed that you use every day? Well, I've only owned well, yard terriers. I've only right owned yeah. you just, just I've only owned yard terriers for Nothing for twenty eight years. And that just shows that, like just what we were talking about how those dogs just have such a stride for any. And kind they're of ver- they're versatile. They're one of the most yeah. versatile dogs I've ever owned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um. They, I thought at once I would get a German pointer, and I had a a long haired pointer, the setter coated one. Mm-hmm. A, a, a German yard terrier breeder had had one. And he, he had it for sale, and I thought, you know, that would be a pointing dog, and it could retrieve a goose. And mm-hmm. so with my yog terriers and that dog, I could hunt anything imaginable. These geese are heavy, Because too. my dogs can't retrieve a goose normally. Right. Um, they'll drag one in sometimes, and they don't point, Right. you know. Yeah. And I thought, well, that'll be everything. These little dogs and that dog, but... I kept her for a couple of years there and, and found a good home for her. I just, it just wasn't something I wanted to do. People have offered me every sort of dog in the world. Mr. <laughs> Mills, they'll the say, dogs. Mr. Mills, let me give you this cur dog. Let me give you this bulldog. Let me give you this drawbar. <laughs> let me give you this German short hair. And I, I always say, you know, it, it's awful tough to do good with any breed. And I just don't want to. I don't want to awesome. do anything else but these dogs. So I've had them 28 years, you know. That, that's your go-to dog right there. Uh, I know we uh, we talked in your yard there about, uh, you, you know, you start going down the line. You you first got into the dogs for squirrel hunting. And, I did. And we were talking about how some of them look up and some of them don't. And right. that's just something I've experienced here with Jessie. She's, she's one that wouldn't look up, and her brother Henry will look up and tree every squirrel in the woods. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the difference is. Is that kind of uh, age uh, or just, you know, learning? They look up and they see what, you know, that they obviously learn. Yeah. I, Some yeah. are just more interested in that nose, you know. They just, they're, they're right. more interested in 
Right. And they're, of course, the dogs are very alert. Oh, they don't. And mi- they, they see everything. They don't miss a beat. I mean, they hear everything. They see everything. I can't get up at night. <laughs> and, and my dogs are 50 feet behind my house, maybe. Right. And then, of course, I'm inside the house, and I yeah. get up, and I walk to the bathroom. My dogs hear me. Yeah. They'll bark a few They're times. They're the best security every, system you can every have. Every time. If you ever turn a light on, they always know that. Right. But they, um, they're, um, you know, they're, 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 they're like, you know, Malinois in the working dog breed. They're very high drive. Mm-hmm. And that high drive can lend them, you know, lend to difficulties. They really just need to be in hunting homes. Yes. They're hunting dogs. They're just not. Uh, That's what we were talking about. They're just about not originally. anything but that, you know. You right. keep your dogs outside or like what? what I, I have three dogs in the house right now as we speak. Okay. I got a little mouse dog here from uh, New Mexico to breed. And uh, so I keep two or three in the house and swap them in and out all the time. And right. Yeah. yeah. Always kind of going back and forth with different ones. There's one or two that you can't. Uh, you know, they're just, I, I had Draco in the house for 10 years, a Draco <laughs> dog of mine in the house. For, and then not one time did he ever really deserve to be in the house. <laughs> yeah. A handful. Oh, uh, he would dash out the front door. Uh-huh. I got him back from a problem uh, situation where I'd bred him and, and fellows in the Coast Guard and went on tour and left it with his wife. And she's having real difficulty with him. And Mm-hmm. Yeah. didn't know anything and so uh but you know little by little we we tolerated in the house <laughs> right. uh, like i a sold kid. a dog out of a i sold a dog to a fellow he'd had it 15 years and he said we kept it in the house and he said and he said about the same thing he said it was trouble in the house you <laughs> oh, know gosh. uh i mean that's a that's a good question for you there like you, you said these dogs belong in hunting homes uh, what what has been your return rate on pups over the years? Do you think? I mean, have you had many return to you? People saying this dog's just too hot. Um, I have a, a few, not not very many, because I the way I do is I never advertise, right? And so uh, no one sees an advertisement for one of my dogs and says, "Ooh, wouldn't that be cool?" Right. Uh, so they have to ask somebody. And somebody has to say, and they have to do a little bit of research to find me because I don't, I've never, I've never advertised it. Right. Uh, maybe one time or two, you know, when I first got started, but I just don't advertise. So the, it's kind of self limiting, you know, yeah, the, right. the people that come to me are uh, pretty serious. And I try to discourage the ones that I think won't, won't, ha- won't work out. You know? Right. Uh, that's something we've, we've gone through here. I mean, uh, we did the, crossing with ono the do- import dog there you have at your house and right. we had six pups here you know that are going to different parts of the united states but we probably had 50 or 60 contacts on them and it's just finding those right people because you right I, yeah we i mean you don't want to take let them someone take it just to you know uh, well so many people want to take them and treat them like a poodle and they're yeah. not yeah they're uh, yeah just like we were saying, they're a hunting dog. They, they have some. They have some innate dog aggression, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, they, um, the, you know, they're used in trials on live fox and live badger. Right. You know, right. with full contact in some states, and and right. so that's been illegal in the English speaking world since 1885. Right. And so uh, the kind of drive that those dogs have it lends itself to some dog aggression, and you know. 
Right. Uh, yeah. The the Serbian people, it seems like I don't know anymore. The German dogs are just about as dog aggressive as anything. But the the Serbian dogs forever were, you know, they were pretty dog aggressive. And mm-hmm. and um, you know, you just uh, you had to figure out how to manage that. Yes. You had to be kind of dog trainer. And I would even tell them, I said, if you if you don't know how to handle a dog that might fight another dog. Mm-hmm. That is to train it not to, and to always prevent it. And uh, you, you don't, you don't need these dogs. Right. right. And um, it's worked out really well. There's a little falconer up here at uh, uh, Northern Kentucky named Hannah Dahl, and uh, she's got a she's got a firm hand in training. She's got a little old dog, and I, I don't think her dog really was a dog aggressive at all. But she had that firm hand that that's just necessary for these dogs. You right. Know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and some understanding, yeah. you know, yeah. I remember once I was in Southeast Oklahoma hog hunting and, uh, I said, now this dog, when we first start sometimes can be a bit troublesome. And, uh, of course those dogs had a little pit bull mixed in and they were Catahoulas and cur dogs. And, and so we were horseback riding with these little dogs and, and, uh, and, and their dogs too. And they said, our dogs take care of themselves, just turn it loose. You know, they had the understanding they had hunted with dogs. They, they knew that wasn't going to happen. We were not going to have any trouble, and they knew how to prevent it. And yeah. so that, we didn't have a bit of trouble, not mm-hmm. for a second. We hunted for a whole week down there. They understand wow. their dogs. Yeah. A so. um, couple more questions, James, before we got to go here. I mean, out of all the dogs you have, what's the ones that stood out the most to you? Who Who was your favorite? Well, I had a dog named Vok. Zoe Skalikage. His name was Jack. How a, did you remember a, that? Vok <laughs> uh, Zoe Skalikage. Vok, I believe, means Jack. Okay. But, but his nickname was Jack. Vok, V-O-K. <laughs> I think I have a, a website out there with that picture of it. And uh, Jack uh, was had ended up, um, let's see, were they Croatian? Um, they were foreign because I could barely understand them. Um <laughs> They were Slovakian because that's, that's Skalika, just a Slovakian line. Uh, they were Slovakian and they had a deer um, pen where they had, they would raise deer to sell for, for meat. And uh, so they bought this dog. The coons were getting in their feed. Well, when the yog terrier that they brought over got finished killing coons one day, it ran a deer through a fence. And so <laughs> they realized they had to get rid of it. And they wanted a couple thousand dollars for it. And back in those days, you know, that was like the moon, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't have any money. And I think after they talked to another fellow, they kind of insulted them. And I, uh, they called me back and they, they spoke in broken English. They said, we want you have the dog. So I drove to Buffalo, New York, and met uh, them coming out of Canada. And that was really the foundation of everything I had. He he looked as good as any dog you'd ever see. Hmm. He was a little bully-looking. Uh, I mean, these dogs need to be a little more streamlined than he was, but it was still impressive to see. He had the heart and to run and to hunt hard and to go deep, uh, um, just as gritty as all get out and, uh, you know, a beautiful dog and had everything else you needed. And then he sired the Draco dog that I kept here for 10 years. I kept him for 10 years. So, you know, for 20 of the 28 years, I've had dogs out of Bach uh, okay. or him, you yeah, know. Right. 
Well, that's and thanks. still have his granddaughter. You know, wow. still have wow. granddaughter too. That's yeah. history. That's a that, yeah. That's an awesome yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, James, we appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was glad to. And uh, we're uh, we're going to have to uh, end this show for today. Uh, we appreciate everybody out there listening. Um, this uh, segment was brought to you by Thorn Broadheads, North Carolina company. Please look, look them up on Facebook. And uh, Dan's Outdoor Gear, Sugar Creek, Ohio. Look them up on uh, uh, the internet or Facebook there. They have some great products for dog hunters. Uh, we've been on the line with uh, James Mills, Somerset, Kentucky. This has been Long Spurs Beyond the Holler. Uh, check in on our Facebook page to see when our next podcast will post. And we appreciate all our listeners out there. Uh, this is Sean Butler for David Hamilton. We appreciate uh, everybody and have a good day. Don't go by the moss log Jill flirted in a soup fog Turn around in Laurel You'll never come home I could high step the rock bowl Drop in the king cold That's a mountaineer's hunt, son Don't go it alone Hemlock Rock is where I'll stay today Whiskey's got me feeling frail If I get cold from sitting I'll take another swig and head down Cadillac Trail There's always a big rack on top Tracked them in circles till the nights came on There's always a dandy bottom of Gandy The ghosts of old Red Creek You swear they're all gone Hemlock Rock's where I'll stay today Whiskey's got me feeling frail Take another swig and head down